let's begin this morning, though, with a children's version of Luke chapter 17, which we're going to study together right now. Here's... This is Thankful, the Thankful Leper. This is Jesus, Hey-o! who is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. Jesus did many amazing things while he was on earth. It's true. One day, he was traveling to Jerusalem and was going through a village when ten men who had leprosy came to him. Now in the time Jesus lived, leprosy was a terrible sickness that could be caught very easily. Because of this, people with leprosy were sent outside of the places that they lived. They were called unclean, and no one wanted to be close to them. Ah, gross! But when these men who had leprosy saw Jesus coming, Hey, Jesus! They called out to him and said, Jesus, have mercy on us. And Jesus saw them and said, Go show yourself to the priests. Oh, yeah, we in that. And as they went, they were healed and had leprosy no more. Whoa, woohoo! When one of the men saw that he was healed, he came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God! Oh, yeah, praise God! He thanked Jesus for what he had done. Ah, hmm. Jesus asked, Didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this Samaritan? Looks like it. Then Jesus said to the man, Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Thank you. And so the man was healed because he had faith and he was thankful for what Jesus had done for him. What disease scares you the most? Uh, If it was before uh, this year, I suspect some of us would say cancer. For me, Lou Gehrig's disease, uh, you can still think, but you can't move or talk. Uh, HIV, AIDS, Ebola for a while. Uh, Obviously, 2020, COVID-19. But in biblical times, what scared people the most was leprosy. Leprosy was the most feared, deadly, incurable, it meant a death sentence to someone who lived in biblical times. You'd have to go and live in exile. The Talmud records the Old Testament rabbis saying that curing leprosy was like raising the dead. (laughs) It's impossible. Today, thanks to modern medicine, the number of chronic cases of leprosy is less than 200,000 people, mostly in rural India today. Uh, That's down from 5.2 million cases in the 1980s. Uh, In the past 20 years, 16 million plus cases of leprosy have been cured worldwide. In the Old Testament law, Leviticus chapter 13 and 14, special attention is given to eruptive skin diseases. That's what it was referred to as. Uh, Leprosy was the worst of these. And uh, Leviticus chapter 13, verses 45, 46 says, If someone's found to have leprosy, here's their fate. Anyone with such a defiling disease must wear torn clothes, let their hair be unkept, cover the lower part of their face, and cry out, 
unclean, unclean. As long as they have the disease, they remain unclean. They must live alone. They must live outside the camp. Summary, if it's determined that you have leprosy, tear your clothes, a sign of mourning. Don't comb your hair, no styling, no hairspray, no gel, permanent bedhead. Cover your face, uh, wear a mask, sure enough. It's been discovered that leprosy is spread by respiratory droplets, coughs, sneezes, and everywhere you go, shout, unclean, unclean. And oh, by the way, you got to stay out of the villages, the towns, the cities, can never go near people, never go around your family again. Dr. Paul Brand, orthopedic surgeon who moved to India in 1946 to work with lepers, discovered that folks with leprosy don't just suddenly have toes and fingers and lips that just rot away. Instead, people with leprosy lose the sensation to feel pain. Think about it. When they, when they drink something too hot, they scorch a lip, they, they don't feel it. Twist an ankle badly, they, they don't realize they've twisted their ankle. And pretty sure, sure enough, they can't walk, they're limping, touch a pan that's smoking hot, damages fingers, uh, or in poor countries, in the middle of the night, a rat nibbles on your ear in the middle of the night, you don't even know the rat's biting your ear away. In Luke 17... Jesus is headed for Jerusalem one last time. He's headed toward the cross and the empty tomb. They're just ahead of him. And Jesus and his disciples are in a remote area on the dividing line between Samaria and Galilee. Okay, A group of men, ten of them, with leprosy, spot Jesus. And it seems they've heard about this miracle worker named Jesus. They must have heard Luke 13, how he healed a woman who had been crippled for 18 years. They heard Jesus healing the demon-possessed boy in Luke chapter 9. They must have heard Jesus feeding 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish, Luke chapter 9. They, they must have heard of Jesus raising Jairus' daughter from the dead, Luke chapter 8, verses 40 to 56. And now they're thinking, you know what? Maybe, just maybe, this Jesus can do something for us. So here's what happens. Luke chapter 17. I'm going to begin with verse 11. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, We're not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Let's pray. Lord, 
Thank you for uh, sending your son. Thank you, Lord, that our Savior, Jesus Christ, cares about the rejects and the outcasts of this world. Lord, I pray even today that uh, anybody who's listening right now, anybody who's watching this online would know that you care about them, no matter what their situation, no matter what their circumstance. Lord, we know there are many here uh, watching right now today, 2020, who are hurting and feeling alone and abandoned and hopeless and helpless. Lord, might they realize they're not alone. You're right there with them. Might they sense your presence, your love, your grace, your goodness. Lord, give them the faith and the courage to keep crying out and inviting you into their lives in this time of need. Pray for many who are part of the uh, Walloon family, the East Jordan Lanson family who are sick right now. I pray for lots of healing. I pray for lots of grace to rain down on every one of our friends who are hurting today. So uh, use these weak and goofy lips, Lord. We're listening. We're ready to hear today from Luke chapter 17. And we pray all these things in the wonderful name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. These ten men, Luke chapter 17, were all sentenced to a living death. They, they literally received a death sentence when they were diagnosed with leprosy. Okay? They cannot live near their families. Their clothes are ripped. Their hair is long, unwashed, a mess. Their faces are covered. Uh, they're warning others, unclean, unclean. These are the true rejects of biblical society. The Samaritans don't want them. The Jews have exiled them, living as outcasts, and now they see Jesus in the distance. Now they're shouting at the top of their lungs when they see hope. They've got nothing to lose. They've already lost it all. Perhaps they heard how Jesus had healed a leper in Luke chapter 5 and verse 13. Verse 14, here's what they say. When Jesus saw them, he said, go Show yourselves to the priests. <laughs> Let's stop there. Why? Why send them all the way to Jerusalem, a, a two-day hike? Why send them all the way to Jerusalem? That, that's the first thing he says to them. Because Leviticus 14 says the only way these men could re-enter society was by going to the temple in Jerusalem. The, the only way they could get their lives back was to have a priest certify that they were cured. Now, you got all these ten guys and they're heading to Jerusalem. Clothes are ripped. Uh, I'm sure they're smelly, bad breath, rotting flesh. And now they walk into the temple courts. Picture this. And now they're looking for a priest to certify that they've been healed. They're looking for a priest to tell them, hey, no more leprosy, you can go back home. And just picture everywhere they're going, how excited. They've been healed of leprosy. The news would spread like wildfire. This had never been done before. Jesus says, go, show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, as they obeyed, they were cleansed. They were healed. 
Now, I don't know about you, but if I was one of them, when he says, go walk to Jerusalem, I would have been thinking he just blew us off. <laughs> he didn't want to mess with us. He didn't want to talk to us. Now we've got to walk two days journey. Something great's going to happen. Yeah, sure, right? We've heard this before. But no matter what they were thinking, they obeyed. They listened. They acted on Jesus' words. And here's the key. Look at verse 14, last part. And as they went, they were healed. As they went, as they obeyed, they were cleansed of leprosy. Now just listen as you can imagine the conversation. Hey, Mo, your, your face is clearing up. You, you know, that top lip that was gone, it's now growing back. Hey, hey, Larry, your hand is moving. It's not just stubs anymore. Hey, Curly, you've been limping for 20 years. You're starting to walk great. Can you just imagine these guys jumping and shouting and dancing? Why? Why were they so excited? Because they were going to go back home. They had their lives back. They could go hug their wives uh, kiss their children, hold their grandbabies, able to go back to work, go back to the temple, go back to town, go back to enjoying their lives. For the ten lepers to get healed, they first, though, had to act and obey and believe in faith. And that's huge. Before they got healed, they had to listen and obey. And I'm convinced that far too many of us when we pray to Jesus, we're far too passive. Jesus, I'm broke, I need money, uh, but they refuse to go and look for a job. Uh, Jesus, I need a godly wife, but they refuse to go to church and fish where the Jesus-loving fish are. Uh, Jesus, please help me lose weight, uh, but no, I'm not willing to exercise and eat right. Just zap me with skinniness, Jesus. Remember when the Lord told Noah it's going to rain and the earth is going to be flooded. Okay, Lord, speak to me an ark into existence. Is that the way it worked? Um, no. Noah is going to have to build and work for 120 years before it started raining. 17-year-old David, 1 Samuel 17, went to war with a Philistine named Goliath. He didn't just walk out and say, okay, Lord, smote this man with a heart attack, knock him dead with a stroke. No, David ran, selected five smooth stones, took careful aim, and just like he had done with his slingshot in fighting bears and lions, he took off Big G's head. Okay? Trusting and praying to Jesus does not equal to us doing nothing. Okay? There is trusting, there is believing, but then you have to go beyond and obey and act. The ten lepers asked for mercy and healing, but they listened to the healer, and as they went, they were healed. Convinced, we're far too passive, expecting Jesus, build our ark, uh, zap our Goliath, and Jesus is saying, excuse me, got to listen, you got to obey, turn and go, take a step of faith, and watch me work. Now is when things get interesting. Verse 15, uh, one of them who was healed, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. Verse 16, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and this guy was a Samaritan. 
Um, Ten men are healed. Only one comes back to say thank you. Ten men are healed. So before he went to Jerusalem with the other nine healed lepers, he does something that all nine of them should have done. He comes back. And he's the Samaritan. He's the half-breed traitor. Wrong race, wrong religion. Uh, Implication seems to be that the other nine were Jews. They were the ones who should have come back. They should have come back and thanked the Lord, but they were too distracted. They forgot. And the one that shouldn't have come back is the one who did. Why was this Samaritan so thankful? A couple thoughts. Jesus gave him his life back first. Secondly, he could, they could go back to his family and his wife and his children. No longer an outcast, no longer a reject. He was healed from an awful, disfiguring, deadly disease. And he couldn't believe that this Jewish Messiah, Jesus Christ, cared about a non-Jew outcast like himself. That's why he came back. So why didn't the other nine come back? Why didn't the other nine come and say thank you? Uh, First, they were too busy, too excited, running off to Jerusalem. Their focus was on getting their life back, already planning a hot shower, their first meal, uh, clean clothes, overwhelmed with their healed body, hands that move, feet that run and jump, uh, stubs of toes that have been restored. I wonder if the same percentage of people who cry out, we cry out to Jesus, Lord, I need you to do this, I need you to do that, and the Lord answers. I wonder if the same percentage, one in ten, remembers to go and praise and thank the Lord for answering our prayers. Jesus asked three questions. Three questions to the disciples, to the Samaritan. Uh, First, were not all ten men cleansed and healed? Answer, yeah, all ten were. Second question, where are the other nine? Uh, Answer, they're all gone running to Jerusalem. Uh, They're excited. Third, is is the one who came back to praise God a foreigner? Is is he not a Samaritan? And and the answer is, yeah, that would be true. And watch what happens next, verse 19. Then Jesus said to him, Samaritan, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Most commentators agree. I I do as well. Jesus is saying to this thankful man, rise, go. Your faith has saved you. Think with me now. Physical disease of leprosy has fallen off this man. Spiritual disease of leprosy, sin, has now fallen off this man. He receives forgiveness, reconciliation with the Father. He begins a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He receives eternal life, removal of sin, and soul sickness is what happens here in verse 19. It seems the major reason that Dr. Luke Uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit, writes about this incident, is to point out the danger of ingratitude. The danger of not being thankful. The danger of saying, thanks for the good stuff you give, 
and as we say, thanks, I'll take it from here, and we just move on with our lives. Ingratitude is leprosy of the soul. Ingratitude eats at our insides. It cripples joy. It withers praise. It makes us numb to the amazing blessings of Jesus Christ that he rains down on us again and again and again. I'm going to read several different passages about thankfulness and gratitude in succession. Colossians 3, verse 17. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him, through Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 2.14 But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of knowledge of him, of Christ everywhere. Ephesians 5.20 Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father and the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 4.6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Then the peace of God which passeth all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, 2 Timothy 3, 1 and 2. In the last days, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to parents, notice this one, ungrateful, unholy. 2020, <laughs> sadly, I, I think there, there's never been a culture who's had so much and yet been so ungrateful. I, I think a key lesson that I need to learn during this pandemic, I, I think a key lesson that we all need to learn during this pandemic is how much we take for granted. H how much that we've been blessed with that we never just stop and count the blessings and thank the Lord for all of his goodness. I I'm reminded how much we have to be thankful for this Thanksgiving season, 2020. Um, thankfulness is not something that comes natural to most of us. Thanks and praise and appreciation and gratitude, that's something we have to fight for. That's something we're going to have to work at, church. I'm reminded of the hymn, Count Your Blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. See what God has done. I'd encourage you, just pause for a moment, maybe even hit the pause button right now. And if you're with some folks, why don't you just name a couple things that are blessings that you're thankful for right now. I, I think that's a good habit for us to get into. I'll say it again, gratitude is an attitude that followers of Jesus, we can't afford to live without. Ingratitude is literally leprosy of the soul. It, it eats at us and it just takes away all the good blessings that the Lord brings our way. Thanksgiving 2020. We have an awful lot to be thankful for. 
Let's make sure even in this crazy year that we've been through, let's not just take things for granted that we've always just taken for granted. Let's make an extra effort. Lord, help us to be grateful. Help us to be full of thankfulness for all that you've done and all that you're doing in our lives and, and all we have to look forward to. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for the countless blessings that you shower on us. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive me for being ungrateful and taking things for granted. And Lord, help us even today to be looking for things where we can say thank you and appreciate all the blessings you've brought our way. Lord, and uh, help us to thank the people around us that we're grateful for. Um, and Lord, especially during these hard times, it's easy to be like the nine, but Lord, I pray that you'll teach us during painful times to be grateful. And finally, Lord, if there's somebody here who uh, has leprosy of the soul, and by that I mean there's sin and we've never dealt with it and we've never accepted the cure, might even right now be the day where we accept the cure that Jesus Christ provided for us. Here, here's the fact. Jesus, sinless life, willingly took my place and yours on the cross. And he alone uniquely qualifies, sinless lamb of God. Jesus willingly shed his blood for the leprosy, the sin of my soul and life and yours as well. Jesus willingly took our place in the tomb and early Sunday morning Jesus arose from the dead. Will you accept the cure? Will you open the door of your life by faith now and receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord and King? Come on in, Jesus. I need you. Take, take care of that sin problem. Wash and cleanse by your shed blood. Take charge of my life. Help me, Lord, to be a grateful follower of yours. We love you, and we're grateful again that we get to study your book together. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.